Hi, I'm Mo Maduro, and this is the Active Life Over 50 Podcast, providing insights and support for your life expansion and self-actualization journey. Today's episode is the body as the real unconscious. Conditioning lives in the neurons, and the neurons have physical characteristics. Does that make the unconscious the body or the mind? We left off in the last episode talking about transformation and the conditioning and the body, which is in many ways the unconscious has the tactical advantage. So why do I say the body is like the unconscious? Well, if you consider what the mind is, the right and the spirit, the mind and the spirit, but when a person dies, their mind and their spirit are gone. So I say mind, body, spirit, the spirit is gone the mind is gone, the nervous system is still laying here on earth. So that's why I say the brain and the nervous system are actually part of the body. The mind and the spirit is something different. It's not tangible. You can't touch it. You can't hold it. But you can hold a neuron and you can hold the brain. The actual neuron and the actual neurotransmitter, those are physical. Those have physical properties. And that's why I say that. The other reason I say it is because we have 100 billion neurons. About 86 billion of those neurons are in the brain. The rest of them are in the nervous system throughout our body. You can have a localized feeling. There are some massages that people would do, and they would massage this deep massage, and people would laugh and cry because there's literally stored emotions in those areas of the nerves. Again, beyond the scope of this right here, but the point being neural pathways and that conditioning is largely responsible for a lot of our behavior. The 95% of the time that the unconscious is running the show, it's conditioning. It's the same kind of conditioning that the advertisers are working with us. Basic ad copy principles, you find some pain, you stir it up, you amplify it, you make it even scarier, and that makes the person want to take action. So obviously, we're going to be walking around on edge because we're constantly being reminded of how many things can go wrong. Is it any wonder why people walk around feeling like they're not enough? But if you really take a look and, and you ask yourself, okay, what's the second worst thing that happened to me last in the last five years? And you ask yourself a question like, what were my biggest concerns five years ago? What was the thing I was scared of the most? Very, very difficult to remember what those are. The things we are, 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 are fearful of don't come to pass. So you want to get past that. So I said 100 billion neurons. Now, let me break that down a little bit because you're gonna, you may see some different numbers. You may see 86 billion. 86 billion roughly are in the brain. The other 14 billion are in the, the body, the central nervous system. I look at it as the brain is offloading some of its work to the, to the nervous system. It's all, it's all one big, big unit that's making, that, helps, that, that enables us to function. Uh, the, about 20 billion neurons are in the prefrontal cortex, and most of that development of the prefrontal cortex happens after age 19. In addition, the 100 billion neurons are interacting with anywhere from 1,000 to 10,000 other neurons. So a lot of this, what we think of as mental, is really neurobiological. It's neurobiology because you have the neurons firing through the synapses, the, tra- the neurotransmitter. <clears throat> And when we start looking at behavior change, it's not a mind or cognitive or mental exercise as much as it is, it's a reconditioning. That's why I was talking about layering on new habits. How many neurons is 100 billion? We throw these numbers around. Billion is a lot. You know, if you spent $1,000 a day, it would take you almost 2,800 years, 2,700 and change. 100 billion neurons, if you 
could take a thousand of them every day and move them, it would take you 273,000 years to move all 100 billion neurons. That's a lot of neurons. Why is that important? Because if the neurons are what's running the nervous system and the mind, the conscious mind is not in charge, you can see why, because the neurons are running the show. In addition, the conscious mind can process about 50 bits per second. The unconscious and the brain process somewhere around 11 million bits per second. To put that in perspective, a good video camera is processing about 200 million bits per second. There's tremendous amount of capability there. And with 86,000 and change seconds per day, every second, there's so much information that you're processing that your conscious mind is not being aware of because it's not getting through the reticular activating system. The RAS, as I'll call it, is the filter that lets information get through to the conscious mind based on what you tell it's important. And you know, you've heard the example, I'm sure, that you decide you're going to buy a silver XYZ car. Let's say it's buy a silver Impala. And at the time you made that decision, there were only, you saw very, very few, which is probably one of the reasons why you wanted it. And then all of a sudden, everywhere there's a silver Impala. That example is used, but it's the same reason why goal setting works. One of them, anyway. When you set a goal, you put your reticular activating system on alert, and it passes more information through to your conscious mind, and that's where you see those opportunities. Back in the early 80s, Paul J. Meyer, who was the head of the company that I was working with at the time, he used to say, you have a goal when you're on purpose and going after that goal. When you need the money, the money comes. You need the idea, the ideas come. You need the people, the, the people come. Now, there's other reasons we can get into mirror neurons and things of that nature. But that aside, the reticular activating system is what's letting information through to the conscious mind. And if you are processing 11 million bits per second and only aware of 50 bits per second, it's no wonder the unconscious is running the show. And so what we have to do is start to build a buffer between the conscious and the unconscious. So let me just give you a quick scenario and you'll, you'll see what's going on. And I'm talking about goal and business-related anxiety here, not mental health. But let's say you're trying to break through that upper limit. Let's say you want to go jump out of an airplane. It's something you've never done before. You've been kind of scared. You're up in the plane and you freak out and you just won't go. So as you got near the door, it's like the neurons start firing saying, whoa, this is danger. We don't like heights. What are you doing up here? What are you, crazy? And those neurons get the attention of other neurons and those start firing. And now you got the other fear neurons jumping in and those neurons interacting with a thousand to 10,000 other neurons. They got a bunch more in there. So just between the time where the person you're strapped to got up and started walking towards the door, these neurons have been firing and wiring like crazy. And by the time you get to the door, he can't move you and you're stuck in the plane and you're going back down to land the plane without jumping out. Because the, ner the nervous system is operating so quickly, and because it's seeing so many things that the conscious mind doesn't even see, you can be in a situation where the unconscious picks up something, and it starts firing and wiring neurons to communicate fear. Your serotonin drip dips, your cortisol goes up, your adrenaline goes up, and the conscious mind may not even be aware of what's going on. By the time the conscious mind gets engaged, the neurons are, have, left, have left the barn and they're out there running. Now the conscious mind is trying to get it back. This is what that spiral feels like. And we've all been there. And this could go on for days and you just start spiraling. And all you can do is think about the bad stuff and the dangerous stuff and the scary stuff. And it's hard to get away from it. Eventually something shifts and you get through it and you come out of it. And then you start the process over again with the next scary thing. Well, it doesn't have to be that way. So when we talk about crossing the river, which is what I talk about when I say crossing that upper limit, it's like crossing the river. 
And you have to get through the stories. You have to get through the limiting beliefs. You have to get through the unproductive patterns. The same way a phobia can keep a person from going near the edge of a building or looking at a snake, that phobia can keep a person from taking a risk that's necessary for them to reach their goal. You've got to have a way to work through that. And we'll get into it. The first part is laying the, the framework so we have a common language. We'll unpack the seven fitness series and we'll get into the resources and resourcefulness to actually get ahead of this thing so that the conscious mind gets in charge. And I don't know how much I want the conscious mind in charge. I don't want to have to learn how to blip on a downshift every time I drive a, a, a car. I don't want to have to learn how to uh, load and unload the suspension every time I'm turning a car into a, a, a hairpin turn. I don't want to have to learn that every single time I drive. So I want some of the stuff to be done by habit, but I want to be in control of what I choose. And I want to have some influence over what the reticular activating system is let, letting through to the conscious mind. And that is what we need to unpack to get into understanding transformation. The processing speed of the unconscious and brain, 11 million bits per second, and there's 100 billion neurons. And this is why I don't call the unconscious a mind, because I don't want to give it that much credibility. It's a set of conditioned responses, and my conscious mind is the one that can direct the brain, for example, to create the chemical cocktail that enables the placebo to have the same healing effect as the actual prescription drug. The, the conscious mind is super, super powerful. It's just not fast enough to stay ahead of the game without you doing some intervention. So there's a couple of things we're going to talk about to give you a preview. One is be, do, have. So we're going to get out of this have, do, be. So especially if you've been in the corporate world, you've probably been working the have, the do, and the be. You're going to have these things, and then you'll be able to do these other things, and then you become this person you want to be, or you can become happy. We're going to get into be, do, have. You have to become the person first, then you do the things, and then you can have. And that's how that, that uh, graphic is set up. On the left side is be, mental, physical, spiritual. In the middle, it's do, the emotions. How do we deal with that? You've heard that it's not what happens to you. It's what you do with what happens to you that matters. So this is how you manage the emotions and modulate the emotions so then you can have what's on the right side of the, the graphic, relationships, professional, and financial areas. And then, of course, all of that comes out to experience, the experiences you can have in life and health, wealth, love, and happiness. The other thing we'll talk about is the powerful present moment, because that's how you get ahead of the unconscious. By managing all those moments, I mentioned 86,400 seconds, by managing those seconds and how many moments you can have that are powerful present moments where you are entering into a purity of thought, purity of mind, and purity of consciousness, and I would say consciousness is always pure, now you can actually start making some decisions on purpose and start getting some space between the conscious and the unconscious. You're also creating the filters based on what you want and not what your conditioning is telling you should be getting through there, the conditioning you have from age zero to seven. So we can keep on on this topic for probably two or three episodes. I probably will cover it one more time, but in the context of some of the different things we've talked about to make it real, like the pivoting and the expansion and the transformation and the backfilling the seed time and harvest and those kinds of things. So there you go. Let's take a break and I'll see you in the next episode. Okay.